Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We started this podcast because mental health is complicated and the stigma surrounding it can make us feel alone. So we are here to share authentic stories in order to normalize and prioritize mental health. We believe in professional therapy. We both use it on our own healing journeys, but we also know it isn't one size fits all. So we are here to provide tools from our own experiences, as well as those from our guests and professionals that come on the show. Thank you for being here as we navigate the complexities of mental health and mental illness together. Remember, hold on warriors, we're gonna make it. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Are you all doing okay out there? Is everybody surviving the winter? It's so cold here. It's very, very, very cold. I have not left the house today. It's so cold. It's so cold. It's so cold. Yeah, our kids are in the same school district, so school was canceled today and they had to, but they had remote learning, so that was fun. So both of us working from home and trying to get our children online for their classes, it was just a fun day. Yeah, it's a lot, and I forget that it was like that every single day for a long time. You know, people were remote, and their kids were remote, and I think a lot of times, like, I don't know how it's feasible, like, especially if you have a job that you have to go in for now. How do you even do that? I don't know. So not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure a lot of things that are expected of me as a mom. I'm not quite sure. Like, for example, on a school day that like they don't have school, getting my daughter to practice at like one in the afternoon. I'm like, that's not the end of the work day where how how does that happen (laughs) you know so yeah it's interesting uh to say the least do you have any life hacks for us we'll take them we'll take them all yeah i think that a lot of it is like people just have a lot of family that like lives around them that they can call for help and Mm -hmm. i just i don't know maybe also to I have to give some grace because like when I before I had kids, I made decisions about things that had included kids with activities as a teacher, as you know, someone doing after school activities like I did not consider parents work schedules because it just didn't even occur to me. But winter is winter is here. It is in full swing and it has hit the like Midwest to East Coast. There is no everywhere and it's insane and I am cold and I just want to stay inside covered in a blanket what this is doing is having me look online a lot more (laughs) so Amy and I are starting a new segment called TNN the not news so the TNN is what we're going to share with you are things that we see that's not really news but you know it's not news but it can't it's living in our brains it's something we've seen heard read that we can't stop thinking about all right so this one that i saw is on a like an account on instagram called scary mommy and it's the headline says gen z teens are covering their noses in family photos and parents are totally confused (laughs) so i was like oh yeah i need to know what's going on here what's happening why are people covering their noses and it's really simple it's for privacy sake so we didn't have and our parents didn't have social media to post our pictures everywhere they just took our pictures on big chunky cameras we printed some of them out put them in scrapbooks and that maybe they didn't go any further maybe exactly or they ended up in just envelopes somewhere in a bin Mm -hmm. in your basement storage room like mine are yeah 
but we are all over social media and you know Gen Z's parents are and they say they're done with their faces being posted by their parents without consent we kind of talked about this a little bit at one point about like how we have to rethink how we're posting to social media and I don't know we didn't really get into it I made a very conscious choice because of some things that were going on with my kids specifically like with some bullying and things so we said okay no more kids on social media so they just don't you know we don't put anything up I will ask Willow you know is it okay if I put this up and she'll say yes or no and so we just kind of go from there but my son it's a hard no so we just don't do it anymore but yeah, yeah. They're, call, they're participating in what is called the quote nose cover which is a photo trend made viral by influencers um, Paris and Tyson Fury I don't know who these people are but they have a 13 year old teen and that person was covering their face in the shot and other kids saw it and decided that they were going to cover their faces in photos they didn't want to be a part of either so they're still trying to appease their parents by standing for the photos and they're covering their face their nose so you know it's not like their whole face that their yeah. parents are like what are you doing but if they just cover their nose it's enough of an obstruction that they're not really showing up on social media so that is uh that is the trend now the other one is like they'll do the peace sign right in front of their nose mm. i'm doing it right now and so it like also covers up quite a bit um but yeah i i have seen it and i was quite confused about that I will say that I do, I have started to ask for permission just because, mostly because my young one, my seven-year-old Avery was like, is this going on Facebook? He's mm -hmm. like, you're always posting pictures of me. And I said, okay, well then no, we'll just hold on to it. It's just for me. And then he's like, well, that one can go on, but not that one. And the same yeah. thing with Lily. She tells me which ones she's like, that's a funny picture, but it does not go up mm -hmm. and that's fine. Um, I will say I've told Sarah before I was like man I was like people really appreciate pictures of my children more than me like I Sarah <laughs> and I have been on talk Pittsburgh what seven times eight times I don't mm -hmm. know I share all the time about it mm -hmm. I don't know maybe 50 people like it my daughter goes on and there's like hundreds and I'm like who are these people I go in to look I'm like I don't even know half these people so it is interesting because especially on Facebook people really enjoy watching the lives of your children and I don't know what that's yeah. about unless they're just trying to keep up with you a lot of times it's distant relatives or friends and um, you know I don't know but I do think it is interesting and I think it's important to ask permission which we would have never thought about a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. And when they're younger, we don't really think about it. And one of the reasons that was listed in the article as well, they asked, you know, are you being bullied? And they said, no, but if you post that picture without online, I might be. Mm -hmm. And so they're worried about posting the pictures and getting bullied because of the, you know, picture that's on there for some reason, one way or another. And I, yeah. I can attest to that, you know, there's a specific picture just of my son with his dog and people have taken it out of proportion, like blown it out of proportion. Yeah. Cause kids are cruel. Kids are definitely cruel. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that's a trend. That is a trend. That's a one of our first TNN. First TNN, not news. What not news do oh. you have? What not news? So I've been down the documentary rabbit hole. I love them. I find them fascinating and I always have uh, recently the few that I've been watching I am very curious because I'm coming out of it not knowing who's bad and who's good and I love that in a way because and these aren't murder ones so I mean clearly the murder is bad <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I really like that because nobody's really bad or all bad or all good, right? So it's it's the gray in between when documentaries kind of go, when documentaries capture that, I think that it's much more um, representative of our life, right? So the mm. gray times, like everything's kind of in the middle. We're, we're not all one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that we're not we're stopping viewing things from a, a black and white perspective. And I think that's cool, too, because most documentaries are pretty biased one way or another. Like they, they show, are. you know, mm -hmm. they're like, this is he, they, it is clear that they believe this one view of it. 
so it's really uh, cool to hear that those are starting to become more you know two-sided yeah so the one i watched most recently is on max which for the everyone who's in the know it's no longer hbo it's just max <laughs> i have whatever and it's called <laughs> it's called savior complex and it is so interesting and right away going in i was like i'm going to hate this woman i know it no ifs ands or buts and then as i was watching i was like "Ooh, i don't know i mean is she really doing anything bad and also the fact that as a 19 year old who was so deep into the church the evangelical church my dream first let me tell you what it's about it's about a 19 year old who graduates from high school and she's been going to church her whole life but she was homeschooled um and in church, of course, they're talking about missions because that's what everyone talks about, especially in the evangelical world. So she felt, you know, even saying it makes me really, mm -hmm. she felt I a call, a call mm -hmm. from God <laughs> she did. To, yes, she to, did. to go to Africa. Now, in the 2000s, early 2000s, late 90s, this was a big thing. Everyone went to Africa to save the children. And it was on my heart insert barfing sounds um from 19 to maybe i don't know 25 to go to africa like i tried a million different ways to go i tried so many different things i really felt like i was basically supposed to do what this woman went and did and take care of the children okay yeah it okay. sounds absolutely ridiculous now and i get it and so the reason that I have a little bit of compassion for her is because if anyone had filmed me at 19, 20, 21, whatever, in those years, there was some things that I did that were like a little questionable for the, right. for the church, you know, for the mm -hmm. fact that I wanted to save someone's soul. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think that she just was doing what she thought was best. And really she opened up almost like a hospital for uh, a nutrition center, but then it ended up becoming more like a hospital for malnourished um, children. And then kind of, we don't know the way that it tells the story both ways. We don't know how much liberty she took without having any medical training and how Ooh. much. Yeah, but she did have uh, Ugandan doctors and nurses there. So we don't really know. Right. The story is I could go either way on what it is. But the funny thing, and I say that like not haha, but is that there was a side story about this nonprofit organization called No White Saviors. And it's two Ugandan women and then a recovered missionary. And I was like, yeah, like, go, go, go. All the way until the end when I was like, hold up. Like, I feel as though they're doing just as much damage as they think she was doing. And they're also being corrupt now because they're getting so much notoriety and power. And, and then they ended up like in the very, very end, kicking the white woman out. <laughs> it was just because she, it was, she, they were like, and they ended up calling her all the same names. They called the other lady that they were like against in the hospital. So it's a complicated story, but the idea of the fact that white Christians have tried to like colonize or save mm -hmm. African humans is a problem, period, end of story. I don't know if beating this woman up was the answer. I think we go to the institutionalized missionary idea all the way back at churches and maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. Some people would say that she is seriously, you know, like Satan. I would not say that. I would say she's just someone who really just wanted to help and do good and then got a little bit astray. Misguided. Misguided. Um, not informed lot well. Like, it sounds like she just was not informed well enough to go do something like that, but believed that she was. Right. What's the quote? God does not call the qualified, but qualifies the called mm -hmm. preach sister amy <laughs> do, you, do you know i have my hands up right now so <laughs> um 
Yeah. So that's the quote everybody kind of goes off of as missionaries. And Mm -hmm. I think there was also a lot of like reflection, self-reflection of my own life and the things that I did all in the name of Jesus that I just want to like scratch my head about and be like, thank God. That's funny that I'm thanking God, but thank whatever that there was not social media or videos or any sort of anything of me doing these things because people could have blown that out of proportion and been like, you know, right, right. I mean, it took me the longest time. Like I didn't understand for a while until I really researched and looked into it. Why things like that can be damaging, more damaging to their communities than, you know, the intention behind it, I know is, is not to do that. So, right. Um, I think you just need to have more education. You know, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand why Tom's shoes, like the one for one was not like good because, you know, it's really impacting I don't, their community. Um, the people down there who are making shoes and who are, you know, the ones that like you're, you know, Tom's shoes when you buy. A pair oh, of shoes, I know. But you're just give giving me new information. In you know that you're giving me new information that it's bad. I didn't know that. But then I, yeah, then I learned about how it's like, yeah, it affects their, their economy, basically. Oh. And is interrupting and disrupting that flow of income to people who are doing that for their their living. So anyways, it's just, it's like knowing, you know, just having to learn these things, like, so right, her intention probably wasn't, I haven't seen it, but her intention was probably to do as much good as she possibly could. And even the doctor who ran the actual hospital in Uganda said that he said, I don't think she meant evil, but what she could have done with these hundreds of thousands of dollars that she raised is Mm -hmm. given it to our hospital. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then come and volunteered for us. Mm -hmm. That would have been more helpful than doing your own thing. And when they show you all the little red dots in Uganda of all of the nonprofits the Christian nonprofits, it's like the entire map is filled. It's like the map has chicken pox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whew, that's some, those are some deep, the not news. <laughs> that was a little too deep. Sorry. That was just, and that's also a lot of self-reflection, man. I am a recovering evangelical. One more not news story, and then we're going to move on to what we are here to talk about today. <laughs> and that is a headline that I saw that was like, um, hallelujah, I'm not alone. And it reads, nearly one in five adults in the world have misophonia, phobia of specific sounds. People who have misophonia experience significant negative responses to sounds. These sounds can include chewing, sniffing, slurping. Oh, my God swallowing and more oh i can't even like think about it it's making me like feel like i'm gonna throw up this creates a fight or flight response that triggers anger and a desire to escape misophonia is a real disorder that can significantly impact a person's ability to function particularly in social settings auditory distraction via white noise or headphones and cognitive behavioral therapy have been used with some success to improve this condition Amy and I both suffer from misophonia. And when I say suffer, I mean it because when people chew in front of me, I... It's so, so so bad. It's so, so bad. Um, There was was a post that talked about it that I saw that you liked, and then I did as well. And God, I can't find it now. But I sent it to Mike because I don't know what's wrong with me, but... When he chews, because he has his, like, nightly snack in bed. (laughs) If anyone could see my face. I know your face is great. When he chews, like, another person takes over my body. 100%. And the look I give him of straight death. Yeah. And so then he tries to go like this. <laughs> and that's basically me showing Sarah right now that he tries to chew, chew slower. Nope. No. Slower to is think, not the answer. To think, to think that that would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No, not the answer. Oh, it's, it's hard. It's rough. And I feel bad about it. I don't want to have this. I don't want to feel that way. Um, especially because 
I didn't know that it wasn't like common. I thought everybody had this. I thought it was like a total, like everyone can't stand the sound. But then I thought, well, that can't be true because some people chew with their mouths open, no problem. It's not even a big deal. Or they don't even realize that people are chewing. And I think mm -hmm. that when I eat a meal, I don't recognize it. I think it's like when I'm, this is so selfish, when I'm not eating and it's someone else eating that I realize that like, it's super annoying. And that was our not news segment. Thanks for getting the not news with us. So the post that Sarah and I both like liked or laughed at or whatever, and I also sent to Mike, it's it's a picture, it's like a video of, of the man chewing, and it says over it, marriage is funny because I would literally die for this man, but if he doesn't stop chewing so loud while I'm trying to watch my show, I might help him make, I might help him meet his maker today. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Honey, you gonna meet your maker? Like, oh, I don't know. A it's a trick. A rage. It's rage. a white hot rage mm -hmm. that just comes up. Yes, and I straight up rage. I don't want to feel like that anymore. Help us. <laughs> I know. I know. Please, maybe earphones. Mm. There are those little ones that go in your ear that you can still hear. Those what's earbuds. Going on. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Let's check those out. I keep getting that ad. There's ones uh -huh. like to like lower the sound for people like me who are sensitive to sounds. Yes. Maybe. If you tried them, let us know which ones are the best ones to get. If you own the company, let us send us a pair. We'll tell everybody Sponsor about them. Us. We will tell everyone. Well, that was your not news. And thanks for um, <laughs> hanging through that. We are going to talk today about something that I think is, I don't want to say controversial because it's not controversial, but it's like a very well-known saying and something that has, has been said for so long. And now um, other doctors, psychologists, therapists, so forth are coming out and saying that maybe it's not the right wording and we shouldn't be saying it anymore. And that is with February, you know, here and valentine's day around the corner and so love is on everybody's minds and it's everywhere and it's unavoidable um, but that is you can't love others until you love yourself and so that is our topic for today and we have two sides of the coin here so we love when this happens when we don't <laughs> it's agree not, it's not often but when <laughs> yes. it does it's great yeah so um i don't know where you want to start where you want to start with this I have, I'll start with you sending me that text. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, of course you, like, why are you disagreeing with that? So <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where to start this research because I don't even believe this is a thing that people could be against. So yeah. of course I looked it up and saw all the different sides of the coin of what people were saying. And so I'm going to let you start because you opened this can of worms, lady. I did. I did open the can of worms. Um, so... I don't feel I am on the side that you don't have to and, and let me say it like this you don't have to be fully um, in a space of self-love to love others and I think that that's kind of where the the it lies in the disagreement because um, the saying is like you must love yourself before you can love others and I just don't agree that that's completely true and I think because I have felt self-loathing before and I've been in a space of self-loathing and did not understand how anyone could love me but I very deeply loved people in my life and so that is where my mindset began to change and I have only been in that spot you know recently and so before that I would have agreed and said like oh you have to love yourself so I was like, okay, well, I'm no expert, so I'm not the person that can, you know, say whether or not this is true. And so I'm going to find some experts. <laughs> so first we text Dr. Katie. And should I give her opinion first? Her response. So Dr. Katie texts us back. Um, I was like, I just want to get your way in. Let me know, you know, how you feel about this. And, and let's hear what you have to say. So she said, 
This is quote. Fuck yes. I hate. <laughs> I hate the quote, you have to love yourself first BS for the most part. Um, how do we learn to love ourselves in relationships with others? And I said, yes, I'm so glad to hear this. I agree. She said, it's a reciprocal process. And then I love Amy's response. Oh, fun. I could be on the opposing side of this one. I didn't know what else her... to say. I was like, I know. Uh, that was disagree. a great response. <laughs> um, Dr. Katie also says, how do we heal a relational trauma in healing relationship? And, you know, so she just is kind of on that side of it. So other people that I found, and I won't read all of mine yet. I'll let you jump in here, obviously. <laughs> I'm not going to take over. But um, <laughs> there was a, and all of my articles are from Psychology Today. I probably should have found I another was, source. I was going to say, I bet we have the same article to prove different points. There is one article that shows both sides. Um, and so I don't know if that's, you probably have it too. Yeah. But um, there's one article that I did want to talk about, and that's from Psychology Today. And it is from a section on there called Stronger in the Broken Places. And it's called Myth, You Can't Love Someone Till You Love Yourself. And the one part of here that just like really stood out to me was, quote, we grow most while we're receiving an abundance of love. Receiving high quality support encourages the process of growing into our essential being. Rather than self-love coming first, the process of learning to love both self and other is circular. We become self-loving quickly and most efficiently while we are both actively giving and receiving love. And I really liked that because it just helped me um, to view it in the way because it, I always kind of took offense to that saying because I had, when I was in that spot. So like when I was feeling self-loathing I was like well does that mean that I don't love my husband does that mean I don't love my kids and it made me feel even more self-loathing and it just kind of put me in this spiral of like do I not know what love is do I not know how to love people and um so I just it, it caused my mental health status in that moment to decline further and um it just really took me to a darker place. And so since that time, uh, I have been looking for research to, to the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and what I will say, though, is when you look for something, most likely you're going to find it. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean anything. But I will say that some of these are doctors that are, are agreeing with me. But here we go. That's my that's my side of the story. I have some more articles and some more things to share. But let's let's talk through both sides of this first. Yes, and I'll start by saying, obviously, just like the last thing I spoke about, gray is really where we land, right? In the middle. Sure, yeah. Um, but the gut instincts that I have is to land on the side that you do need to love yourself before you can love others. And for lots of reasons, and I think it's primarily my life story and my own experience. And that's not just with my husband, that's with friends, that's with family, that's with everyone. I think that becoming a whole healthy person is the number one most important thing that you can do in your life. I say this, I should just use myself in my life because the way that I love other people then is just so much better. And by that, I mean, I have no expectations, no boundaries, no grudges, like those sorts of things that happen when I'm not really liking myself or loving myself. I tend to fall back into unhealthy patterns of loving others, expecting things in return, getting my feelings hurt for no reason, think taking things too personal. Um, those are like light, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, because otherwise the heavier stuff is when you become codependent with someone because you aren't really loving yourself. And mm -hmm. I think that I didn't fully know who I was or fully come to understand and love myself until after my relationship ended, right? So after my husband died, which is just a wild thing because you're in a relationship for 17, 18, whatever, 19 years. And then 
you don't really even know who you are because you're both so unhealthy that like you're both trying to like get to healthy places and do it's just it's super complicated and mm -hmm. so I think that for me I don't have the space to be with people who are in such an unhealthy place that is not like they're depressed they're anxious that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about this like pit of like destruction or I'm just not going to look at my problems or I'm going to brush it wherever they are everybody's journey is different right so this is just my boundary of saying that you know I can't I, I don't feel loved by that. I don't feel loved by that person when they're in that place because what they're giving me can sometimes feel icky, like as if um, I'm going to owe somebody something or I'm going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. I don't know. Weirdness. So that's like in a nutshell, I think where the gut like, oh no, I, I totally agree with that came from. But then I did read probably the other article you read on psychology today. And I did really like what it said that it's easier to say and much more of a baseline to say when you like yourself, right? So, and from there, if you like yourself, then you're going to make you know, good choices for yourself. You're going to set some boundaries. You're going to have healthy habits. You're going to maybe go to therapy. You're going to do all the things that help you become a better person. And so, you know, just switching that term from like, or from love to like, I think does work because, um, it hasn't, again, it hasn't been, it's only been in the past few years that I can say I like 1,100% love and like myself. Do I all the time? No, because what what the article talks about, which is, God, is it so true? In times of stress, don't we just go straight back to that unhealthy version of ourselves? Yeah. And, you know, even just this weekend, I did it. And I was like, oh, who was that? You know, and it's oh, just no. this like, you just, it just, it's a, it's, if you're not, you know, if you're not like fully in a good place, it's just a, it's an instinct. It just comes out because it's what your easiest thing to do is to go back to who that person was. And so, mm -hmm. you know, just reflecting and getting yourself back to the other place can help. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like I love people better when mm -hmm. I love myself. And if I had waited, I probably would have never had any relationships. So I get that too on your side right. of things. Um, and no one would have ever told, no one would have ever been able to convince Scott and I of that. We were going to be together come hell or high water, mm -hmm. even though we're the two of the most unhealthy people. It didn't matter to us. So, you know, through the process, um, we did refine each other, I guess, in a sense. And some of it was healthy and some of it wasn't. And I don't know. I just think that, I don't know. I just really feel like where I'm at today, I strongly stand by. I want to be in relationship with people who also have that like for themselves because they're less likely to do weird, manipulative, strange, damaging things. Yeah. I mean, I totally see that point of view for sure. And I don't disagree. I think, I think we are both probably in a, an area of gray with this and maybe it's the, maybe it's the um, definite wording that has me saying like, uh, -uh. like, I just don't like the, like, you must love yourself before you can love others. That just, it's like the definitive part parts of that because i think that you know that can come and go in waves too and it can come and go i don't love myself all the time <laughs> you know i do sometimes and you are right though when i do love myself i love others better yeah. i am definitely better at it um i agree too like i cannot be in a relationship whether that be you know a friendship or, or romantic or otherwise a relationship that is entirely like self-deprecating like that. Oh, I didn't even think about that because that's a whole nother level that that's I really whole, can't yeah. handle. Mm -hmm. The self-deprecation is exhausting. It's draining. 
and I didn't realize how much it affected me until I watched this comedy special, honestly, which was like wild for this to ha happen. Okay. A uh, comedy special by Hannah Gatsby called Nanette, and she spends most of the special. It's hilarious. Like, it's so funny, but I also cried because she's trying to turn the narrative of comedy because a lot of comedy is self-deprecation and a lot of, like, previous comedy, you know, it's, like, older comedy with people talking about themselves, like, calling themselves fat, calling themselves ugly, call, you know, saying these things and pointing out their flaws to make other people laugh. And so she just spent this special saying, I refuse to do that anymore as a comedian, and I'm not going to do it anymore. And I'm hoping that that, you know, affects you too. And after that, it really, because I was horrible with self-deprecation because it was my own insecurities that I was going to use it. And I was going to point it out to you before you could point it out to me, or I was going to point it out to you before you could, or because I knew you were thinking it, even though, you know, who fucking knows you could never have had that thought in your head about me ever, but here I am planting it now <laughs> telling you how to not love me and how to look at me negatively. And it just changed my whole view on things. That was like five or six years ago that she did that. And uh, that definitely changed my whole thoughts on the self-deprecation portion. And I tried to be really careful about it going forward. And it is something that is exhausting. And there are people in my life that I have pulled back from a lot because of it, because it is really hard to listen to because it's it feels like an ongoing cycle of like pouring out and taking on like taking mm -hmm. on that negativity yeah. and having to pour out your own yeah. like energy and positivity to counter it it's, it's yeah. a lot so yeah and, and thinking about that just being one thing that people can do if they're not in a healthy place and not loving themselves, thinking about all the other things. And I, I guess I could just, it could be romantic or relational. It doesn't really mm -hmm. matter. Um, but there's, there's that component of like, then you're going to help and then you're going to fix. And then yes. you're going to like watch them fall again on their face, even though you're trying and then, you, you know, and that, how do you not help and how do you not fix and what does that boundary look like and is it your place you know it's their journey it's their story so how much do you supposed to do for them or or assist them and it's it's hard being empaths for us to just sit back and watch it happen and so right. you know big circle i think i can do a, i can i can definitely love people you know lots of people wherever they are in their journey but my inner circle, I cannot because it's just, it's, I've worked too hard for <laughs> the, you know, the well being that I have created. And, and I really, I, I mean, I don't know. It sounds so, what does it sound? Does it sound arrogant and weird? But like, I fucking like love myself. Like, I would hang out with myself all the time. Yeah. I would take myself to dinner and to the movies and to this and go on vacation by myself. I enjoy myself that much. But this person, this woman I am today, I busted my ass to get to be her, you know? And, um, that does not mean that there are not moments where I am like spending, I'll just, I'll just confess it because I feel like now that I feel like you have to see both sides of things. <laughs> yeah, Let's be yeah. authentic. Right. So, um, what was the last thing I obsessed over that? I was like, I cannot believe I just spent two hours. Um, because I didn't like a picture of myself and I was like looking to see how cheaply I could get some plastic surgery to like get this chin off from underneath my face. And I was like, Okay, someone who loves themselves and someone who's assured and who they are doesn't do that. So let's mm -hmm. realize that we aren't always that way. Right, right. You yes. know? Yeah. And and that even saying it out loud is it's really kind of comical. But I mean, that was the space I was in at the time. And so we have to give ourselves mm -hmm. grace and be like, okay, at that moment, mm -hmm. that's how I felt. And that's not a huge setback. It's just like a maybe let's be okay with that next time you take a picture right or not don't be whatever it is but like <laughs> reflecting and realizing you know that you didn't really do a good job loving your whole self there and that's okay so i'm not talking about perfection 
I just I want I want to be clear. <laughs> I definitely am not sure. that. Yeah, f for sure. I was actually going to say that right before you did, so I'm so glad you said it because I was going to say like that doesn't mean that I don't uh, you know occasionally say to Amy like don't put that picture off of me like I look terrible or whatever and I don't think we need to also like focus just on the physical but that is mainly where I go personally is the physical um but I'm glad you said like you would hang out with you like that's more of like the love I think about too like would you hang out with yourself would you be friends with you and another thing that we've said on here before but it's like would you ever say to your friends or to your kids or anything, the things that you say to yourself that you say about yourself, would you say those to someone else? No, you would never say them. That's they're horribly mean. So stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to, th I have to tell myself that though, you know, like I have to remind myself of that. Um, and I'm making points for you at this point. Um, <laughs> so I need to get back on my bandwagon. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. See how I did that folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But what I want to say, too, there was another um, nice uh, quote that I wanted to talk about, too. That's also this one is from he is his name is Brian Dunn. He's a certified dating and relationship coach. And um, he said, Jerry Maguire ruined romance and romantic ideals for a generation. We are not incomplete. We do not need someone else to, quote, complete us. We are not powerless. We are not helpless. No one is responsible for our lives and our happiness but ourselves. And um, there's a book called The Breakup Boot Camp by Amy Chan, and she describes this uh, this way. Loving yourself is taking responsibility for your emotions and mm -hmm. accepting that it's your job to feel all the things you've wanted to outsource to a partner. This means you are your own source of fulfillment, peace, safety, validation, and stability. And if you feel like you're lacking in these areas, loving yourself means doing the work to get there too. So this is again, making a point towards you, but we're moving back, I promise. <laughs> we should love ourselves like we love a family member, friend, or partner. We see them, love them, support them, show up for them, and show them kindness and compassion even and especially when they make mistakes or reveal their imperfections. We would never speak to someone with we love the way that we're critical to ourselves in our own heads. We should strive to treat ourselves as kindly as we treat those around us. So this, he proposes the following. Instead of saying to love someone else, first you must love yourself. Say this instead. The more you know how to love yourself, the easier it will be to have a healthy, loving relationship with someone else. And so that's kind of the point that I feel like I, I want to land on, um, which is in more of a gray area. Yeah, because it's all gray. Basically, uh, it's like semantics. Like the yeah, more you know yeah. how to love yourself, the easier it will be to have a healthy, loving relationship with someone else. So saying that instead of to love someone else, you must first love yourself. Yeah, I think... The other thing is, and, and it's like, I think about myself younger is the things, mm, the things where we put up with, the things we allow are vast and deep and great when we don't necessarily know ourselves and love ourselves. Mm -hmm. I guess we didn't really talk about that because that's, I guess I put them together and maybe they're not together, but if you don't know yourself, and I know knowing yourself at 19 is totally different than knowing yourself at 45, I get that. But if you don't have a sense of self, that's where it begins to get the sense of like and the sense of love. And so when you don't know any of those things, then you just put up with more shit. And some people are just born not putting up with it like they're just not going to do it. I just, my daughter is that way and I don't understand how how do you just become that way where you just like have such high expectations of how people will treat you that you just don't put up with it. But I didn't, I put up with a lot and it was because I so desperately wanted to be loved that I was like, well, I'll take it however I can get it, you know? And it, and now having been through so much life and then also just really, really loving and liking myself, I'm like, Nope. I, I got enough love for me, myself, mm -hmm. and I. I'm good. I think a lot of that in 
is generational too. like the way the, the examples that we had growing up, like our movies and our TV shows and our examples of love that were set for us are vastly different than what our kids have available to them. And, you know, I am so thankful for the badass women, you know, yeah. uh, um, lead roles in movies and stuff that are not putting up with shit and they're just saying no. And there's all of these other people out there on TikTok and teaching like saying mm -hmm. like no we're not going to put up with this um there are also terrible terrible people out there on TikTok saying horrific things of the opposite uh but yeah i just think that the the access to good examples of what is acceptable and that's also a personal thing too like what is acceptable to you Oh, yeah, it's totally personal. Um, but there also but, is the bare minimum of being a sure. decent fucking human being. Yeah, absolutely. And that shouldn't be, like, that is the bare minimum. And if that is, like, you have to ask for that, then that's not, you know, I, I would say that should be your, your yeah. baseline at yeah. least. So that kind of lines up with our episode, I think, two weeks ago, where we talked about the ins and outs for 2024 and dating just being mm -hmm. out. The generation's yes. just like, nope, not doing that anymore. <laughs> but but what I forgot to say that I wanted to say about, you talked about Jerry Maguire. I wanted to be like, Jerry Maguire created an entire generation of codependent people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You complete me. I mean, <sighs> I just thought that was the most romantic thing ever. Mm -hmm. So and, did I. And that was right around the time that I was like falling in love with my husband. And I just, mm -hmm. oh God. Codependency is rough, man. Whew. Nope. It is. It really is. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I do not like it. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a tough spot to be in. Um, so, and it's, it's easy to fall into too. I think if you are in a solid relationship, that's like long-term. So it's something that you have to like be careful of. Randy and I have gone in and out of codependency for probably our whole relationship because, you know, we spend a lot of time together. We also lived across the country without really anybody else. And so, you know, that was something that we got into the habit of early and have to watch out for. So it's like finding out and discovery, discovering multiple times over who we are individually and talking about that with each other mm -hmm. is definitely helpful as well. And just being like, we just did this probably a few months ago. It was like, what are you passionate about? Like, what do you miss in your life that you feel passion for? Mm -hmm. And just talking about how we can make those things more prevalent in our lives individually. And it's just, it feels good. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to break. Yeah. I think keeping your individualism, even in a deep, deeply loving relationship is mm -hmm. the key to having a lasting mm -hmm. loving relationship. Yeah, absolutely. From the unqualified. <laughs> I just feel like I have to say that because sometimes I feel like, who are you to say shit? Like, just shut up. But uh, it's just me. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What do you all think? What side of that do you lay on? Are you right in the middle in that gray area? Um, let us know. We would love to hear your thoughts. On, yeah. On this whole topic, on this whole jazz. It's a very interesting one. I'm glad you brought it up. I haven't thought about it so I think that it's so good to revisit things that maybe you once believed or maybe that you just believe because you believe them you've always believed mm -hmm. them so even though I land in the same spot I think that having talked through it thinking about it is always a good thing to do to really understand well, why why do I think that mm -hmm. is it just because somebody told me you know yeah. back right. when I was younger I don't know mm -hmm. yeah right was it on the wall in my dorm room? <laughs> As a quote that you cut out of a magazine and put on your board. <laughs> Girl, I found pictures this weekend of my dorm and I was like, this is cheesy <sighs> AF. Oh, I want to see pictures of my dorm. Maybe I can go find some. Oh my gosh. Take I don't know what back. that says about a person. Take me back is right. Oh. But take me back as me now. Yes. This person yes. who loves and likes herself. Yes, please. I want this person to get to experience freshman year. Mm -hmm. It'll be oh my gosh. so much better. So much better. <gasps> I spent my first week of freshman year crying myself to sleep. 
Oh, girl, same. I, uh, I've tried to come home. I did too. I was like, please don't make me do this. I was like, I, I think I need to leave. I'm, I'm leaving now. Yeah. yeah. My dad was like, just one semester. If you don't like it after your first semester, you don't have to stay. I was like, do yep. you promise? He's like, yes. And I'm after first semester. I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. And then I never went home another summer. I was yeah. like, okay, bye. This is it. This is it for me. Yeah. Oh, life. If you like yourself enough to love us, right? Head over to patreon.com slash unqualified therapist Inc. and join our community over there. Um, you'll get video episodes every time we record via video, which we're trying to do every single time now. You will get a video episode of us in all stages of Sarah and Amy disarray or put you'll togetherness. Watch, you'll watch Amy glitch out 42 times. It doesn't, though, when you guys get it. It only glitches for us. So you're going to see her so still talking and being nice and, you know, going through it and me going, oh, I'm making a face like, oh, you froze. <laughs> and I don't say anything, though, because I'm like, I know you can hear it. <laughs> I make but, faces too. That's so funny. When you freeze, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but you get all the goods over there. Um, and we try to give you all the behind the scenes and the fun things. Um, along with yoga, med yoga meditation, uh, and some guides and workbooks and other goodies. So with that being said, hopefully in 2024, you will join us in that community and get to be the first to know about our events for this year too intent yeah we really hope that you will head on over there and help us to keep these mics on because we love what we do and hopefully we are you know even at least making you laugh a little bit in your car <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal that is the goal that's our bare minimum yes. we hope that you have a wonderful week warriors and that you stay wild and weird we love you this episode was brought to you by sarah simone and amy baumgartner theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. All episodes are mixed, mastered, and produced by me, Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this one, consider supporting us on patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Or share us with a friend, relative, coworker, hairstylist, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Sharing us not only helps keep the mics on, but it furthers our mission in removing the stigma. If you have a mental health journey you'd like to share, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com or reach out to us on our website, www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. Until next time, hold on, warrior. We're going to make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.